Thank you so much. Amen. Church, you know, we know what is so funny, right? Is uh, I was so blessed by the whole teaching on detours, right? And it's kind of amazing, like, um, that word is closely connected to the name of our second series, and this was not, like, planned out, because this series is called Navigate, and so it would sound like we're doing something about navigating our way through our detours, but that was not the original um, thought behind it, but um, like I shared with the first service, I had a very interesting conversation with, you know, um, I, have, I have these friends of mine who um, mean they have, they have ascended to the highest levels of education. They all have masters and um, like they're, they're in, in the field that they are, they are some of the top persons in Jamaica and in the countries that they are, right? And it's very hard sometimes to, to talk to them um, especially about the Bible because I think sometimes their intellect overshadow truths of scriptures. And so we had a very interesting conversation recently. We were discussing God and, and they kept on sticking to religion and I, I kept on saying to them, listen, it's never, God didn't start religion. God started relationship. And people found a way to create religion and has caused many to deviate from the true essence of what God wants. Alright? And so I said, relationship. But they, they keep, kept on saying that, you know, is God real? Who is this God? What is God about? Um, how can I really believe that a man would walk on water? How could I really believe that Noah parted? The, all of those things. It, it don't make sense. Alright, so oftentimes, you know, part of the conversation, I said to them, listen, it don't make sense. Which is harder to believe? That someone or something just randomly happened and everything we see just fall into place? Is that, that, that is way more harder to believe. Like just one time ever, something happened and everything we see existed perfectly. That's harder to believe than someone who is sovereign, all sustaining, putting things together and keeping them together. That is easier to believe than to believe by some random act. The sky, the sun, the moon, the stars, the sea, life, birth, everything just happened by one bang. That's hard to believe, but yet they believe it. I said, all right, fine, I'm going to give you that. But one thing that should be evident is that when you look at my life, you knowing me, you should know that God is real. Because when you look at me and you know where I'm coming from and where I am today, you know it's only God who could have done this. And so the point I'm making is that our life ought to be the greatest evidence that God is real. And what that means is that we're going to have to take life beyond just coming to church and hearing a good message, but living a good message. And that's the message of Jesus Christ. Our lives should exemplify to the world, the reality of Jesus. When people look at us, they need to look and say, listen, when I look at you, brother, when I look at you, sister, I realize that the God that you serve is a real God. And that happens when we practice and live out what we hear. And so when we come to church, we ought to learn practical things that we can take and implement in our marriage, in our work, 
in our schooling, in all the relationships in our life. It determines how we operate in the marketplace. That's real practical Christianity. Not Sunday Christianity. God never called man to Sunday Christianity. He called him to everyday Christianity. That means every day, every moment of your life, you live in Christ. Christ alive in us, the hope of glory. Amen? So this series, I hope you have been taking the, the stuff from the detour series, the proof of detour, the purpose of detour, the, the detours of perspective and of providence, uh, uh, detours of promotion, the promotion of detours, taking those practical teachings and apply them to your lives. Now as we go through this series, navigate the way to better decision, I, I pray in the name of Jesus that our lives will begin to be lived according to the principles and the truth that we will learn from this series. Amen? Amen. So the series is Navigate the Way to Better Decisions. And um, part one of this series is question your decisions. I know it, it says question your question, but question your, question your decisions. Our key text is from jo- James chapter 1 verse 22. I'm going to be reading from the New International Version. But as we normally do, we ask you to stand for the reading of God's word because we reverence his word. And I know growing up as a child, when the word of God was read in church, I had to stand. And I love that because it's saying, God, I pray I pay tribute to your word because your word is truth. There's no changing in it. It says what it means and it means what it says. Amen. It's a living, it's alive and it is powerful. So just jump to your feet with me. Let's uh, say your declaration. Read this one verse and pray and then we'll dive into the word of God. Come on, lift your Bibles up and declare with me that this is God's word, not Pastor Omar's word. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be what it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are opened. And I better not go to sleep. I will never be the same in Jesus' name. Amen. The scripture says, James 1 verse 22, Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Pretty simple and straightforward. Heavenly Father, open our eyes today to see your truth. Open our ears To hear your voice. Open our minds. To understand your word. And our hearts to receive. Everything you have in store for us. As the scripture says. Lord we want to be more than mere. Hearers of your word. But doers also. Change us. From the inside out this morning. Lord all the glory. All the honor, all the praise belongs to you and to you alone. We give it all to you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you so much. You may be seated. As we begin this morning, I want to share with you a story. Uh, On the morning of April 
2,200 people boarded one of the largest and most luxurious ocean liners ever built for a five-day journey from in Southampton, England to New York City. Among the 2,000 was one of the most experienced large ship captains in England, Captain Edward Smith, who planned, it, planned to retire immediately after the ship's maiden voyage. Captain Smith had made the exact journey before in a ship called the Olympic, but today he wanted to get to New York even faster in the unsinkable Titanic. Don't know if you, you know the story, but this ship was deemed unsinkable. They had sold themselves a false reality and believed it that what we're on is unsinkable. Nothing exists on earth that could ever sink this. And they actually believed it. Four days after the Titanic set sail, they received six warnings about an iceberg field that was on their route. Right? They received six warnings. They received a warning at nine that morning. Then at 1.42, at 1.45, at 7.30 p.m., at 9.40 p.m., and at 10.55 p.m. Six warnings. But they kept going full speed ahead with no change in course. Though they saw warning after warning after warning. It wasn't until... 11.40 p.m. That they first saw. And within 30 seconds. Hit the iceberg. Too late. Too late. Must have been their cry. Most passengers in fact. Were asleep when the Titanic hit the iceberg. Few noticed anything. More than a slight vibration. If anything. It's like yesterday I was lying down and I felt a slight tremor. And it was like nothing to me. But at the same time, the reality for 300 people was that they would have died because of an earthquake. So here it is that nothing, a slight variation. Two hours and 40 minutes later, at 2.20 a.m., the unsinkable Titanic sank. Rose said to Jack, if you watch the movie, I'll never let you go. And then she let Jack go. In fact, they had less lifeboats than passengers because the ship was unsinkable. The captain also killed himself. Which is one of the things we're going to get to. If you don't take the warnings, life has a way of causing you to want to terminate your own life. 
Sometimes we are just like Captain Simmons. We set out on a course. We have made up our minds. We are going full speed ahead. Ignoring the warnings. Only to see the danger when it's too late. And bam! We find ourselves in iced water. We ignore the red flags. We ignore the people talking, saying, warning, this won't work. This is not good. This is not what God wants for you. We ignore parents. We ignore friends. We ignore uh, associates. We ignore the warning signs. Six times for some of us. Seven times for some of us. A hundred times. No matter how many signs we see, we ignore them. And what seems like a slight tremor in the moment, a drink, a smoke, a kiss, a night, a drive, a party ends up sinking a dream, sinking a relationship, sinking an investment, sinking a family, sinking a future, sinking a business, sinking a job, a friendship, a marriage, and sometimes our very relationship with God. All because we ignored the warning signs. Though they were clear, sometimes for the eyes, and audible to the ears. So we want to help us to navigate life. Heeding the warning signs. And make better decisions. Today we are starting this new series, Navigate the Way to Better Decisions. Because I don't want you... To titanic your way through life. Hitting iceberg after iceberg. I don't want you to just be going. Not hitting the warning sign. Just hitting iceberg and sinking. And messing up. No I don't want that for you. And you shouldn't want that for you. I don't want you to be making bad decision after bad decision. Having regrets after regrets. I don't want that for you. And you shouldn't want that for you. And so today's message is. Question your direction. Truth is, whoever you are, wherever you are this morning, this can help you. If you are a teenager, you need this. I know you like to say, well, I need to learn from my experience. Only fools think like that. The best thing to learn from is other people's experience. In other words, I don't want to die to know if that is real. <laughs> I've learned that that is real by other people's experience. Amen? And I know as teenagers, they're saying, well, I want, to, I want to learn for myself. No, learn from others. So, so I want to help you to learn so you don't make the same mistakes your mother made and your father made and your bigger sister made. I want you to learn some things. And I want, I want your parents to allow you to learn because here's why. Too often parents don't teach kids to make decisions. You know what they do? They make decisions for them. So you need, we need to teach our kids from very young how to make good decisions. So when they get older, they can make decisions. It shouldn't be that you're making decisions. Well, don't eat sweets. I'm making decisions for you. No. You sit down with them and say, here's the thing. Sweets will cause this. Sweets will cause this. When you're thinking that, when you grow up, ask some questions. Uh, let them begin to question the decision to eat sweets. 
So we need to teach our kids how to make decisions. Not just make decisions for them. Now if you are someone in your 20s, this will apply to you. Because you are at a stage of your life where you are about to make some major decisions. And you want to make sure that though you can recover, if you make a bad one now, you don't need recovery. But you continue growing and maximize your life's potential. Now if you are somewhere between 30 to say around 40 and 50, um... You need a sermon because your recovery time has shortened significantly and you have little or no recovery time, especially concerning certain matters. Right? And then if you are 50 or over, you need this message because you certainly have no recovery time. So, wherever you are this morning, this should help you. So, every time we're about to make a decision, we unconsciously ask ourselves some questions. Questions like, will this make me happy? Will I enjoy this? Will this hurt me? Will this hurt anyone else? Will anyone find out? Unconsciously, we ask those questions. Better questions lead to making better decisions. And in this series... We're going to look at five questions that can help us make better decisions. And I promise you this. If you practice asking yourselves these questions, you will not only make better decisions and and have fewer regrets. You you will also process your decisions better and get the most out of the choices you make. That's what I want you to do. I want you, when you make a choice, you get the best out of it. I want to reduce regrets and bad decisions from our lives as best as possible. So I have this poster. I am not the creator of it. I just like it. It's called Navigate, right? Making better decisions. And I have the five questions. Am I being honest with myself? What story do I want to tell? Is there attention that deserves my attention? What is the wise thing to do? What does love require of me? So that's the relationship question, the maturity question, the conscience question, the legacy question, and the integrity question. Now, at the end of the sermon, we have these posters on the outside. And we are giving one to a household this week, and then we'll see how much we can give out next week. All right? So here you go. Now, if you're online, you can still get this. If you'd like, you just indicate in the comment section and we will email it to you. And so you can print it if you're not able to come. It's not expensive to print, um, to, 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 to get it printed this size. It's around $260. And that's Jamaican dollars. That, that is, right? Um, so that's for you. That's our gift to you because I want you to put this up in your room. I want you to put it in your office. So that every time you have a decision, you go through these five questions. Amen? So when you leave in, you can collect it. If you need um, it emailed to you so you can print it for your sons and your daughters, we can do that. We can send it to you. There's a paper out on the outside that you can write your name down and your email address and we'll send that to you. Amen? Amen. All right. Now to, to, to this morning's question, the integrity question. The first question you need to ask yourself when you're about to make a decision is, am I being honest with myself, really? Are you being honest with yourself? Are you really 
telling yourself the truth? Are you truthful to you? The truth is, most of us are not honest with ourselves. And because we're not honest to ourselves, we make bad decisions and then we blame people. We, we always seem to question people. Where you are today is a consequence of the decisions that you have made. How you are today is a consequence of the decisions that you have made. In fact, Charles Swindle says this. Life is 10% what happens to you and 90% how you respond to it. You are today your decisions. It's not your mother's fault. It's not your father's fault. It's not your boyfriend's fault. It's not your girlfriend's fault. It's not your ex's fault. It's not your wife's fault. You are where you are today because of your decisions. Am I being honest with myself? Are you being honest to yourself? I'll say for heaven's sake, at least be honest with you. You must be honest with you. It begins here. Because the easiest person to deceive is ourselves. We can fool ourselves. And that's the danger of life. I said to the first service that many times we think we're fooling people. But we are not. People know that we are playing the fool. But they realize that we don't care that we are playing the fool. So they stop caring. So it's not you have people on, like a puppet on a string. Is that they're just allowing you to be the puppet on a string because you're walking in self-deception. Alright? The scripture says, do not merely listen to the word. And so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Talking about living in deception. Deceiving yourself. Are you deceiving yourself? I, I don't know if you know of Teen Challenge. Teen Challenge is a recovery program that operates in Jamaica. Alright, and um, they help people with life controlling habits. Now we have a false perception about Teen Challenge. We think Teen Challenge is for people who are strung out on drugs and alcohol. It's a life controlling habit. And what that means is that if you like to gamble, you need recovery. If you overeat, you need recovery. It's more than just drugs and things. But we have made it about that. But one of the, one of the things with, 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 with persons who normally get to Teen Challenge, they never get to Teen Challenge when they are at their best in this life controlling thing. They get there when the Titanic hit an iceberg. When their life hits the iceberg. It's when they are sinking that they start being honest and say, I am drowning, and then they get help. That's what many of us, how we live our lives. We wait until we are about to die. Then we admit that we have a problem. Because all the time, like Captain Simmons, we are deceiving ourselves that we are unsinkable. I won't crash. I can't crash. 
I can't sing. I'm a master at this. It doesn't master me. I master it. I can navigate myself around it. I can pass this iceberg. It won't get me down. It's just one little drink. It's just one little kiss. It's just one little making love. It's just one little date. It's just one little, it's just one little iceberg. One of the things you learn from people who go through addictions is that self-deception protects addiction. As long as you are walking in self-deception, you are protecting your addiction. You can't admit that it's a problem. How does this change? Rigorous honesty begins recovery. In other words, intervention is needed. It is when the person gets honest that recovery begins. That's why David says, when I acknowledge my sins, until you get to the place when you're honest to yourself, you can't start recovery. Until you heed the warning. Why? Because we are notorious for deceiving ourselves into bad decisions. Notorious in deceiving ourselves. When we want to do something bad, we create everything. Has ever, anyone ever come to you and, and they know and you know that what they want to do is wrong. But them tell you this, them tell you that, them tell you say horse dead and them tell you say cow fat. In other words, you can't change their minds. Because they might already tell themselves, eh, me, I go do this. Deception. You see, God wants us to lead ourselves, not deceive ourselves. Do you hear me? God wants us to lead ourselves, not deceive ourselves. You can't be led if you're going to lead yourself by your emotions. You have to lead your emotions. You can't allow your mind to lead you. You have to lead your mind. You can't allow your eyes to lead you. You have to lead your eyes. You have to lead your own life. Listen, the first person, the largest crowd you'll ever have to lead is yourself. Because until you learn to lead you, you can't lead other people. And God wants us to lead ourselves. Here's what the scripture says. Matthew, um, Galatians 5, from verse 22 to 23 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and, watch this one, self-control. If you're walking in self-deception, sorry, you don't have self-control. Self-control means I am leading myself. You have to have self-control. Because against such there is no law. You can't lead yourself if you're lying to yourself. Come on, point at yourself. Just put your finger on you and say, Stop lying to me. Yeah, because listen, the easiest lie you believe is the one that you tell. 
It's harder for me to deceive you than for you to deceive you. I'm telling you because when we tell ourselves a lie, we convince ourselves. You ever see a man drinking? And you tell him that he's drunk? And he say, no man, I'm not drunk, me drunk. I tipsy, me tipsy. <laughs> right? That's what they say. You, you're looking at him and you say, man, you're drunk. Have you seen somebody driving fast? And you say to them, you're driving fast. And what they tell you? No. Then this is normal speed. But they say that is over. They said, I'm not driving fast. But if they tell themselves that they are driving fast, they believe it. In fact, if they tell themselves that they are driving slow, it's easier for them to convince themselves of the lie they're telling themselves than for you to convince them of the truth that you're trying to tell them. That's self-deception. You can't lead yourself if you're lying to yourself. Proverbs 14 verse 8 says this. The prudent understand where they are going. But fools deceive themselves. If you're a fool, put your hand up. Alright, nobody will admit to being a fool. And nobody admits to deceiving themselves. Even the one who is deceiving himself. Isn't that true? Have you ever heard anybody saying to themselves, I am deceiving myself? You always hear people say, people are trying to what? Deceive me. You can't make the best decision for you until you're honest with you. Until you're honest with yourself, you won't make the best decision for yourself. Because you live in a lie, you believe in a lie, and your decisions are all going to be messed up. It is a salesman in our head. The biggest salesman in our life is not the one on TV, he's not the one who works with the company. We are our biggest salesman and salesperson to ourselves. The one person who can get us to buy something that we don't want is ourselves. We can sell ourselves the product. We can sell ourselves the person. We can sell ourselves the move. We can sell ourselves. Nobody can sell us stuff more than ourselves. Am I being honest with myself? Really? Why am I doing this really? Why am I avoiding him? Why do I want to be your friend? Why am I postponing this? Why did I say yes? Why did I order that? Why did I move in? Why did I move out? Question your decision. Ask yourself why. And be honest about it. Question yourself. And tell the truth and shame the devil. Question yourself. Tell the truth. Why did you order the item? Be honest. Why did you order it? Why did you move out? Be honest with yourself. Why did you move in? Be honest with yourself. 
Why are you doing that thing? Be honest with yourself. You see, we sell ourselves on what we want to do, not what we ought to do. So as soon as we want something, we start selling ourselves. You understand me? Boy, I'm telling you, you know. Like, like, hey, have you ever seen something you want? You want it, but you ought not to have it. But you sell it to yourself. Give you a good example. Have you ever gone to the doctor and they said, listen, you have to stay off ice cream. You ought not to have it. But you want ice cream. And here's what you start to yourself. Doctor, I don't know if that doctor knows him talk to because I'm very sure that he eats ice cream. So if he can eat ice cream, why I can't eat ice cream? Because nothing is wrong if I eat ice cream once. Because I know me. I am not going to eat it every day. That must be the problem. So if I buy one... And secondly, listen. The people have been selling ice cream anyways. It's not like it's going to cost me a lot. Hello. Ice cream never killed nobody yet. So let me go and buy it. So we sell ourselves on what we want and not what we ought to do. We ought to stay away from ice cream. Have you ever wanted to go and check a girl, guys? And you know you ought not to do it? And you tell yourself, well, listen, I know me. I'm not going over there to do nothing. It's just a friend. That's what people do. Off of my street. I mean, what? 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 Now see when I go check my virgin, somebody can't check her too. Nothing not going to happen. I don't really feel that we are the right now. So what time we go over there? I don't go really go in our bedroom. Not, not, not going to happen. Show me just a go over here, man. You start, so, 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 so the questions start coming. So what if somebody, no, listen, nobody not going to find, and even if them find out, listen, I know, that, uh, so we convince ourselves. We sell our, listen, we know how to sell ourselves on the things that we want to do. And we convince ourselves because we are deceiving ourselves. You know the story of Tiger Woods, right? You know, Tiger Woods was on the top of the world. And then Tiger Woods got money and everything. And then Tiger Woods fell into some problems. You want to know what Tiger Woods said? This is a quote from Tiger Woods. If you don't believe me, type in Tiger Woods. And take the first six or seven words of this and type it in, and you'll see this quote come up from Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods said this I felt that I had worked hard my entire life and deserved to enjoy all the temptations around me. I felt I was entitled, and thanks to money and fame, I didn't have to go far to find them. Yeah, hear what Tiger Woods said? Don't we feel like that too? Of course I'm entitled. I, listen, look how hard I work. I am entitled to this ice cream. I can enjoy life. I've worked hard enough. I deserve this. That's what Tiger Woods said. I'm a big woman now. I've kept myself for 30 years. What if I change? I deserve this. I'm a, I'm a big man now. Hey, that's a Tiger Woods quote. You can check it out. That, that's self-deception. Church, we have to be honest with ourselves. Being honest with yourself will keep you safe. Being honest with yourself will keep you safe. Proverbs 10 verse 9 says, 
People will, with integrity, walk safely. Meaning, well, I'm going to tell you what integrity means. People with integrity, meaning people who are honest, will walk safely. But those who follow crooked paths will be exposed. In other words, people who are walking in self-deception, people who are living a lie, people who are not honest to themselves will be exposed. But if you walk in integrity, you walk in safety. Being honest with yourself will also guide you. The scripture says in Proverbs 11 verse 3, The integrity of the upright will guide them, but the perversity of the unfaithful will destroy them. If you want to be guided in the paths of righteousness, into what God has for you, we must be honest with ourselves. Integrity is really being completely honest with ourselves. And this will actually guide us away from the deceitful salesperson in our heads. When we are walking in integrity, we, we, we know that this ice cream ain't good. Being honest with yourself will give you wisdom. Psalm 51 verse 6. Look. You desire integrity in the inner man. You want me to possess wisdom. Truth is, for us to have wisdom, that comes with being honest. You, you can't be wise and fool at the same time. And when you are deceiving yourself, according to the scripture, a fool walks in self-deception. So you can't be wise, watch, and be fool at the same time. And if you are walking in deception, it means you are foolish because you are lying to yourself. But if you want wisdom, you have to be honest with yourself. We keep making bad decisions because we have no wisdom because we are not honest with ourselves. You can't have wisdom if you are deceiving yourself. You can't make good decisions until you are honest with you. You owe it to yourself to tell yourself the truth. And it, it hurts the people around us. Here's why it hurts them. Because they know we're heading into the iceberg. And no matter how they warn us and warn us, we're going full speed ahead. Because no matter what other truths we hear, because we are so deceived, we're going to hit the iceberg. So you need to be honest with yourself. That you are not being honest with yourself. Be honest with yourself this morning. And say. I have not been honest with myself. Like we, we like to call out people a liar. Don't it? You, why is a lie? I don't like. I don't like. In Jamaica we say. I don't like liar. We don't say liar. We say I don't like liar. Alright, why, why are you so lie? We like to call out. Lies is one of those things we love to call out. I, I want you to start calling out yourself. I want sometimes you to stop and say, what? Why are you so lie? Yeah? Instead of point, every time you point and tell someone that you lie, you say three fingers and why are you so lie? You're lying to yourself. You have sold yourself these lies and you believe them. 
Second Corinthians 13 verse 5 says this. Examine yourself to see if your faith is genuine. Test yourself. So we ought to examine ourselves and we ought to test ourselves. Question your decision. Examine yourself. In other words, check yourself before you wreck yourself. If we don't stop and check, we're going to hit the iceberg. The warning signs are there before us. And so there, there are three icebergs that we normally hit upon. And look, when we hit these icebergs, life has a way of sinking low. But self-honesty will help us navigate. The, the, the first iceberg is, is what I call dumb financial decisions. If you have been on earth long enough, you have made one of those. A uh, uh, few years ago, they had some Ponzi schemes. That somebody told you, hey, listen, if you put your money in this, listen, I put my money in there, I put in $10 and I get $10 million in a month. Put yours in there, because you have 20, you get 20 million. And you say, really? God, bam, and you put your money in there. And it never came back out. Hallelujah. Amen. I have somebody who said they got catch. That's true. Many people got caught. Dumb financial decisions. It's like me, right? Sometimes I'm, I'm walking on the road and you have these guys always peddling stuff. Hey, 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 you want this for your car? You just stick it up and you can put your phone in the air and it just works. Listen, if it thing costs 5000 and somebody sells it for 500 something wrong with it. You hear me? But listen, we love a deal. One thing with Jamaicans is that we love a deal. If it sounds like a deal, a Jamaican says, I must have it. I didn't need it, but it's a deal. I don't have no use for it right now, but it's a deal. I'm not even buying the item. I'm buying the deal. Dumb financial decision. But here's what the scripture says. Proverbs 21 verse 5. It says, the plans of the diligent lead to profit as surely as haste leads to poverty. Let me break that down for you. If you love to make fast decisions financially, you're going to end up in poverty. But when you plan diligently, you're going to have a lot of profit financially in your life. You have to plan. Before you spend, plan. So if you're going to get some fast food, plan how much you plan to spend. Right? So if you go there and they say to you, would you like to go large? You say to them, I'm already large. Are, are you following me? So you go there to spend five hundred dollars, and they say they say you want you want to you want to go large at the next hundred, without thinking you add it, and you don't realize that you're hundred dollars short, and it don't add up until you have something that you really need, that you need a hundred dollars more. So don't make a financial decision you didn't plan for. That is why you have to have a budget. You have to plan. Because here is the self-sales pitch. 
This is what the salesperson in our head tells us. If you don't do this now, you'll never get the opportunity again. Have you ever heard that? Hey, have you ever gone and tell, tell your husband or, or your wife, hey, it's a one-time offer, you know, dear. It's a one-time offer. We have to do it now. And they say, let's pray about No, no, but if you go pray time, I go past, we have to do it now. You see, Amazon, you just flash past on the internet. And if we don't stop it right now and get it right now, it will go gone. And we don't go pick it up back by the internet again. We have to do it right now. It's a one-time offer. Uh, here, here's the seal person in your head. I know you already have one uh, that does everything this one does. Hey, but this one is newer. Come on now. This is, this is the upgrade. I know you have a S9. You need S21. Yes. Because the camera is better. That's the only thing that has changed. I know you don't use the camera, but you're going to want to use this camera. Listen, people will upgrade their phones because of the camera and they don't take pictures. <laughs> yeah. Or just buy it because you can afford it. Not everything you can afford you need. Not everything you can afford you want. Some things you can afford but you don't need to buy. Truth is, I don't care what you purchase. I'm concerned about what you tell yourself before you purchase. Do you lie to yourself before you purchase? What do you tell yourself before you purchase? When you go to the store and you see the dress, what do you tell yourself? Do, are you honest with yourself? The last item of clothes that you purchased, were you honest with yourself? Why did you really buy it? Because that's a big question. Hey, you're going silent on me. You have to, you have to encourage me. We're coming to an end, right? <laughs> Amen. Ah, the, the, the third thing is, uh, the second iceberg is doomed relationships. This is the next big one, right? Because we lie to ourselves about relationship. Deceive ourselves. And the further we go in them, is the greater the deception we walk in. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 6 verse 14, Don't team up with those who are unbelievers. How can righteousness be a partner with wickedness? How can light live with the darkness? I've heard people say, sure, he doesn't have a job, but he's such a great guy. He's waiting on the right opportunity. He lives with his parents, so he's a family kind of guy. Listen, sure he doesn't have a job. He's such a great guy. He's waiting on the right opportunity. You have become his opportunity. How's the thing? Is your money now? No, go and take care of him. Sure, she's kind of angry. But she's fun and she takes her old boyfriend. But have you seen her pastor? She's fine. Like wine. Yeah, yeah, you know, well, 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 Pastor. I mean, it's a long time you're out here, Pastor. And, and no man are dead at the church, Pastor. That's what the ladies are. No man are dead at the church, Pastor. What do you expect me to do, Pastor? 
Everybody is getting married. Not no, no tree no grow up in my face, pastor. Uh, it, it's my time now, pastor. And, and I know the Lord, pastor. The Lord has been speaking to me. Hallelujah, Jesus. And we deceive ourselves. Uh, men will come and tell you that, Pastor, we can't bother them church, them church people, them, them church girl, Pastor. You understand me? Girl and hot, Pastor. You don't see her, you see how she keep her ear. Hey, Pastor, I haven't seen her, you see how she drive, Pastor. Like, we deceive ourselves. Deceive ourselves. That's the thing. Don't start a relationship based on an emotional need that can only be healed by Jesus. The truth is, the emotional pain that you have, no man or woman can fix that. Only God can. And we deceive ourselves and enter into some relationship. Skip the warning signs. Skip the warning signs. And like I said in the first service, it, it, I feel like when it comes down to relationship in the church, we need to use reverse psychology. Because I think people use reverse psychology. In other words, they are, they are headed down a path and no matter what you tell them. So most times when people come and talk to me, they, they, they don't want to know if they should go ahead. They already made it. No matter what you tell them, they have justified, they have, they have created their arguments, so you can't tell them nothing. So here's what I think we need to start doing. When they come and ask for a relationship, everybody in the church just team up and tell them yes. And then I think probably they will say, watch out, something must wrong. Because everybody's saying yes. Maybe they will cheat because if we tell them no, it's like, no, 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 no. Like, no, it, it, that, that is the time they want to go ahead. So I'm going to start using reverse psychology. Next time they come, I'm going to say, yeah, man, sure, go ahead. And then, then only they just tell them, sure, go ahead. And maybe they will stop and say, something must be wrong. Oh, everybody just said, go ahead. So. It must be reverse psychology. Because no matter how you point out red flags, people still speeding ahead. Because they are deceiving themselves. Third thing, uh, iceberg is destructive habit. Right? Proverbs 27 verse 12 says, A prudent person foresees danger and takes precaution. The simpleton goes blinded on, blindly on, and suffers the consequences. In other words, you have to take precaution when you see the warning signs. Listen, I've listened to people. Tell people that, listen, listen, I, I don't love you, but through God said, if you marry you, I'm going to marry you. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you. I've seen persons say, listen, what do you mean? Money come first. Money come first. Yeah, I love you, but money come first. Because me no one broke. Me happy have money. Money come first. And people see these red flags and take no precaution. Because they deceive themselves that they have to get married. Come hell or hell. Now, no high water. No matter what. 
This is what I'm going to do. But the simple, they say the simpleton goes blindly and suffers consequences. The truth is, if all the red flags are there and you still go ahead, the scripture says you're going to suffer the consequences. The sales pitch is for some of us is that if you skip class this one time, it won't, uh, it won't matter. That, that's a bad habit. You know, if you look at that website this one time, you know, just one time. Everything, every temptation starts with one time. And then one time becomes two times. And two times become three times. And, 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 and we always deceive ourselves that this will stop. I can stop if I want to. And some people will do it once a month and say, you see it? It's not a problem. Only once a month. You know. <laughs> it's just like, 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 like I'm wondering, you can imagine I walk up to church and say, people, I don't really have a problem killing people. I only kill them once a month. It's like every day I kill somebody. It's just once a month. I mean, I'm, I'm dealing with it. Uh, better yet, it's not so bad enough because only two times a year I commit murder. So every year I just commit two murders. It's not often. It's just two times. Cut me some slack. Uh, be- better yet, better yet. Uh, every year I kill somebody. Yeah, it's... Is that bad? That can't be bad. Imagine if I were doing it 365 days of the year. That would be a problem. But it's one time a year I kill somebody. You know what you look at me and say? I am sick. That's how it sounds when you speak of the other sins. That's why you say, well, I mean, it's just one time this year we made love. We did it one time last year. It's just like me saying it's one time a year I commit murder. There's no difference. Well, you can imagine. You can imagine. I come to church and say, hey, church, why are you giving me such a hard time? It's every six months I treat on ladies tenant, you know. What, 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 what's wrong with that? <laughs> did it say, hold on, June. I'm not going to take it until December, everybody. Wait, wait, what, what is the big fuss about? In fact, I go to the other side and say, what, what, what is your problem? <laughs> it's not a big problem. <laughs> Imagine if I were doing it every week. Just, just understand, it is every six months. Do, do you know that you wouldn't be in church? You say, something is wrong with this person. But somehow we deceive ourselves that it is just one time. So the man who is looking at porn says, it's just one time. I, every now and then when we feel I look away, I do it. Deception. You can avoid this if you ask, why am I doing this really? That's the question. So why do we believe our own lies? You ever wonder, like, why, 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 why do I believe my own life? The Bible explains this beautifully in Jeremiah 17, verse 9. It says, the heart is deceitful above all things. And I want you to remember this. I want you to, I want you to underline these words. It says, and beyond cure, who can understand it? As long as we remain in the human flesh, the heart will remain deceitful. And it cannot be cured. Our hearts cannot be cured. I know you think you're true, but, but your heart is deceitful. 
Your heart is, our hearts, church, are deceitful. It is, the scripture says it's beyond cure. So if my heart is beyond cure and it is deceitful, what must I do? I'm going to explain to you, right? Now you have to understand that the, the thing with deceit is that deceit is different from being dishonest. In fact, if you are dishonest, everybody knows you lie. And you can't be helped. The thing with deceit is that deceit takes a lie and believes it to be true. And no matter what you do, you can't convince them. Deception. And that is why it's so dangerous. But when it says beyond cure, it means that if I can't cure it, then it must be managed. And this is where you allow the Holy Spirit to lead. Because if I, I can't, my heart can't be cured. So it must be managed and be managed by allowing myself to sit still under the Holy Spirit power of Almighty God. Who can understand it? I don't understand why I did what I did. Yeah, right? I don't know why. It cannot be cured, but it must be managed. And so our heart wants something. Our heart wants someone. It sends a message to our brain. Brain, I want this. I want this. Find a way to justify it. Our brain knows that a want is harder to justify than a need. So, it convinces us that we need this. So, your heart wants something. Your brain realizes that you're not going to get it unless that want turns into a need. So, your brain and your heart conspire against you to begin to need what was a want. Amen? So, once we need it, we end up what? Buying it. Once we need it, we end up smoking it. Once we need it, we end up eating it. Once we need it, we end up drinking it. Once we need it, we end up watching it. Once we need it, we end up dating it. Sleeping with it. Loving it. Leaving it. Asking it out. Asking it in. And then regretting it. Isn't that the cycle? What you wanted became a need and because you need it you end up doing it and then you realize that it was really a need it was really a want and then you regret it in other words you realize I could have done without it and so this self-deception is what psychologists call confirmation bias confirmation bias is when we look for evidence Look for information. Look for arguments that supports what we already believe and what we already want to do. So you can't convince us otherwise because we have convinced ourselves. We have gathered all the necessary information. We have put the case material together. So when we come to you to ask your advice, Everything you raise up, we have an objection. Isn't that true? I'm going to tell you how this works. When you want to buy a car, you want it, you know, your heart wants it. Do you realize that all of a sudden, you start seeing the car everywhere? Let, let me use something very simple. A lady wants a dress, and all of a sudden, everywhere she looks, she sees someone looking so hot in the dress. She says to herself, eh, eh, confirmation, confirmation, hallelujah, Jesus. All of a sudden, all, listen, all those cars, 
were on the road a long time. But what happened, your heart sends a signal to your brain. Your brain and your heart start conspire to deceive you. So both of them partner up and say, I am going to get you to buy the car. So the first thing your brain start doing is send signal to your eyes. All of a sudden you can't see no more of the kind of car where you drive. You start seeing the new kind of car. So you start believing that your kind of car is outdated. It is the new kind of car that is in style. You start seeing the only color that you really want. You're not seeing it in white or black. You know. It is the exact color. You think those things just happen? By chance? No. Your heart and your brain conspiring because you will always see what you're looking for. Come on, do you hear me? You always see what you're looking for. That is why if you want a tall, dark, ladies want a tall, dark, and handsome guy, the first thing she comes in a church is that it's not other guys are there, no. But she's going to see what she's looking for. Because a conspiracy begins with your heart and your brain. Amen. Let me, let me tell you how this works, man. You'll be in church, and because you like somebody, every time you see them, you say, Look what them, I look at me. Don't look, look. See, they're looking at me. It's me, they're dressed in person. I know them, know that. Be like, <laughs> Listen, poor the person. They, they, don't even, they don't even know your name. But your heart and your brain already convince you that they like you. So the one morning they pass and tell you good morning. You, you take that to me. You see it? Them like me. I knew, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. And then here's a sad thing. We begin to, to, to draw spirituality in the air. And we begin to believe, yes, yes, God. God, God. God, I hear me prior, you know, because you see it? Doors are opening. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Not realizing that there's deception taking place. It makes you see what you want to see. And hear what you want to hear. To tune out anything that contradicts your decision. And so because some people have their mindset on a thing. When the thing that God has for them come. Their mind block it out. What do I mean? Sometimes we want to be proven right. We want to be proven right. More than we want to know what's right. We don't want to know what is the right thing to do. We just want to know that we are right. Even if it is the wrong thing that we are right about. Confirmation bias. We don't want truth because we can't handle the truth. We don't want the person to tell us the truth. We can't handle it. But And you shall know the truth, the scripture says. And the truth shall make you free. And that's what we need this morning. We need the truth so we can be honest with ourselves. So let me close out with this. How do we keep our hearts in check? How do I do this? First, we have to admit it this morning. Admit. Admit that I have a deceptive heart and a confirmation biased mind. Admit it. My heart is deceptive. And there is a confirmation biased mind in me. 
So we admit it. Then we ask it. Am I being honest with myself? Am I being honest with myself? And finally, let's analyze it. Why do I feel the way I feel? Why am I so determined to buy this, to date this, to have this, to experience this, to move here, to move there, to marry this person? Tell yourself the truth, and the truth will make you free. And make you make the right decision. Why do you want it so much? Why? So the integrity challenge is very simple. I want you to say it with me. Come on, just lift your hands with me and say this. I will not lie to myself. Even when the truth makes me feel bad about myself. Come on, one more time. I will not lie to myself even when the truth makes me feel bad about myself. Most of us keep making bad decisions because we are not being honest with ourselves. A situation that I'm dealing with and, that's, that's, and there's nothing I can do to change the people. And it's like you know that this is the Titanic about to crash. And you have to leave it. Listen, you don't have to hit the iceberg. Because the Spirit of God wants us to navigate life around all icebergs. The Spirit of God wants us to navigate life in safety. Because your safety, he, God is a refuge and a strength. He's a protector. So there's a way to live life where we don't hit icebergs. And that way is trusting in the Lord. Surrendering to Him. So if you're not saved, you need to be honest with yourself about needing a Savior. If you are saved, but you need to be honest with yourself about backsliding and recommitting to Christ, then you have to do that. But be honest with yourself. You owe it to you to be honest with you. Because the truth is, it is you who is going to hit the iceberg. I understand this. I said it earlier. That the captain committed suicide. When we think it won't happen to us. When we think we won't sink. Even if we somehow avoid major harm from the iceberg the burden of carrying and living a lie becomes so much that we tap out of life because we just can't at some point the lie is going to affect us so much that we won't find reason to live anymore I'm telling you we have to be honest we have to be honest sometimes we have to stop church and say listen this is just not for me. I see the signs. There are many things I could be pursuing right now in my life. But I saw the warning signs. I heard people speaking. I saw the red flags. And I stopped. 
Sometimes it was the third warning, but I thank God that by His grace I have stopped. We can't keep running red lights in life and think like at some point it's not going to catch up with us. Because oftentimes we don't see the vehicle that is going to hit us. And that's why we run the light. But the vehicle that is going to hit you when you run that light, you'll never see it. Because if you did, you'd have stopped. See, if they had seen the iceberg from the first warning, they would have stopped. In fact, what happened with the iceberg is the most harmful part of the iceberg is underneath the surface. And so sometimes when we keep going, we think like, this is not so bad because we're seeing what is above the surface. But the repercussion and the implication of that could destroy and devastate us forever. Come on, just bow your heads with me this morning. I want you to pray right where you are and just commit to God. Commit to yourself that starting today, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be honest with me. I'm going to speak the truth to me. I refuse to walk in deception. I refuse to deceive myself. Come on, be, be open. I will not lie to myself even when the truth makes me feel bad about myself. Come on, just pray that right where you are. Maybe for you this morning, maybe you're watching online, maybe you're sitting in the congregation. You know that you're not where you're supposed to be with the Lord. You know that you know that. But you keep lying to yourself. You could stop that this morning and be honest with God and say, Lord, I'm, I'm repenting and I'm recommitting. No more lies. I choose to be honest so that I can recover. Right now, in the name of Jesus. Come on, if you if you right now, right now where you are, you say, you know what? You know what? I know I need to recommit. I know I need to. I need. I need to surrender to God because I, I've been lying to myself. I've been deceiving myself. I want to pray for you a special prayer. And if that's you this morning, just stick your hand up in the air. And as soon as I acknowledge you, you can put it down. You just say, you know what? I, I, today, I commit God. I recommit. I know I'm not where I want to be, and I want to reconnect. I want this personal, intimate relationship I have with you to be restored to what it was. I see your hand dear miss. Thank you so much. Anyone else this morning? You said this, I know that this is for me. Hallelujah. If you're online and, 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 and you know that God is speaking to you, I want to pray for you as well. Listen, we have all been this place where we have had, you know, dumb financial decisions, doomed relationships, destructive habits 
but we know the truth and the truth is Jesus Christ himself and he sets us free so let me pray for you right now in the name of Jesus God I thank you oh God for your son Jesus Christ who is the truth who sets us free we admit that we have walked in self-deception we admit that we have a confirmation bias mind and a deceptive heart and that means that we have been completely dishonest to ourselves forgive us Lord we repent in the name of Jesus we choose to be honest with ourselves right now in Jesus name we commit to a life of honesty and truth truth speaking we will call ourselves out God will remove every confirmation bias attitude justifying what we want to do we refuse to be right for being right sake and at the expense of doing what is right restore us Lord God to a deep personal and intimate relationship with you as we make ourselves back to your bosom of love we commit Lord God to be honest to ourselves even if it makes us feel bad about ourselves because you desire truth in the inward parts integrity is what we choose to live in and operate in we can safely say that as of now God Almighty we are honest with ourselves we thank you God we bless you Thank you for your word. Bless your people, Lord God. Spirit of the living God, may your Holy Spirit fall afresh upon them. Give them an unction to function at a higher level in the name of Jesus. Let in their speech and in their conduct and in their love that Jesus be visible to a world that is lost and dying. May you be lifted high up in their lives so that you by your spirit will draw other men unto you. We honor you and we glorify you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Come on, put your hands together for Jesus this morning. Hallelujah. Listen, remember, um, the posters are